we're back. Welcome to AEW Dark Official Breakdown. Yeah, that's right. We are going to follow and cover all episodes of AEW Dark for the coming year of 2021. Very excited. I think it's a very ambitious project. Anyways. I can't wait. We're your hosts. I'm Lawrence. And I'm Miguel. And yeah, just like Miguel, I cannot wait to uh, really embark on this. I think it's a big project for us. It's something that uh, we've been talking about for a while now. Really, this whole podcast, re-releasing Real Lucha and covering uh, everything AEW is just... It's something that I think is bigger in scope than maybe even... I thought, and I like to think of myself as someone who doesn't underestimate big projects like this. And yeah, I I'm excited to cover AEW Dark because uh, I think it's just this show that has a lot of matches and a lot of things that Dynamite and AEW in general kind of covers that we're kind of not privy to, and it's just they always uh, talk about it in passing. So we want to really um, get some more. Uh, info on this yeah no we're definitely looking forward to showing AEW dark some love uh this is definitely another angle of the ada of all wrestling that we're going to be covering um and yeah it's just our way of like kind of letting of showing that uh AEW dark isn't you know is not going forgotten because as you just mentioned larry that there's all those like uh, top notch not top notch matches that uh take place in the the dark shows and there's even like a few wrestlers there like that barely that you know barely make an appearance on Dynamite and that we're like already falling in love with. They're like you know they're getting over with us at least, and I'm sure they're getting over with other um, fans watching at uh, watching at home from the television. Yeah, it's very interesting because it's a YouTube series, and I thought that they were going to potentially bring this to TBS, which is a sister station of TNT, which is where we can find Dynamite. It hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's going to happen because I think they are really thinking of introducing even another hour of show of uh, content uh, in that AEW is uh, kind of has in, in the pipeline. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see where that uh, yeah. gets us. And I mean, this show is actually pretty long. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not a quick uh, half hour tidbit. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's not. I mean, <laughs> I think the uh, sh- the fastest episode we had, or the shortest episode we've had, was about an hour and a half long. Yeah, I was telling Miguel was asking me how long is this. I'm like, it's like thirty minutes to an hour. Because I, I actually watched AEW Dark when it first came out, and I was excited, and I I could see that it's not just at the time. It wasn't just anybody that was being thrown in there. It was like for there was a main event of Kenny and. Uh, Joey Janela and that match was awesome and one of the first uh, AEW Dark um, shows. So, I and I don't remember having that much of a runtime, but this is how this show has evolved in that it is longer now. Uh, <laughs> we did not expect episode sixty nine to have this many matches, not even close. And the runtime, whoa, <laughs> that was basically longer than a dynamite. Yeah. Yeah, it was. The first one we saw, it was two and a half hours long. Yeah. So as this uh, being AEW Dark, uh, canologically, I guess for us, we are, this is the first episode of anything AEW that we're going to cover that has matches, right? Yeah. We've been, the, fir- the only thing we've been concentrating on is uh, talking about BTE. We're playing the catch-up game with that now. We even yeah. thought about doing that for Dark. 
It's not going to happen. Not anytime soon, at least. So we wanted to start off fresh with the new year, 2021. And we're starting off with episode 69. And we wanted to, for like uh, the uh, these... These podcasts that we're going to cover uh, AEW matches and whatnot, we wanted to bring some some flavor, right? Some Something a little different, something to spice it up. So we're actually going to do this thing called a breakdown. We're going to uh, add like a little bit of color commentary to uh, what all the mat to all the um results of the matches in uh aw dark and we're you know spoiler alert we're actually looking to do that to dynamite as well as the pay-per-views so this is our first um shot at that and we're hoping that it goes over with uh, anyone <laughs> if, we, if we can uh, get anyone to like this uh it would be pretty great and uh yeah so i think we should Get to it. What do you say, Miguel? Uh, I concur with you. I think we should uh, tap right into it and start start off with the first match. Okay. So, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Let's get into the AEW Dark first ever breakdown. Welcome to AEW Dark episode 69. 69, 69, 69, 69. Every notebook in school, I was like, 69, 69, 69, 69. Every sports team I was on, I was like, I'm number 69. In our inaugural breakdown, we got for you 16 matches on the card. Is this a pay-per-view? Shoutouts to Taz and Excalibur on commentary. For the first match, is that Yuji? No, it's Nick Camarado versus JR's favorite jungle boy, Jack Perry. New music alert, Tony Claus gifts little Jackie boy the rights to Tarzan boy, and Jungle gifts Nick the snare trap for the win. Second match, Alex Gracia versus the native beast, Nyla Rose. Alex graciously does the J-O-B for Nyla, eating a powerbomb with Vicky Guerrero demanding another bomb through a table. Match number three, Santiago's favorite son, Ariel Levi versus SCU Scorpio Sky. Well fought match, but Sky beats him with the TKO. Promo time, it's bring your child to work day as Marco Stunt gets Dookie down by negative one, Brody Lee Jr. Match number four follows the Nightmare Academy grad Aaron Solo versus Ray Phoenix. Solo with a Fergal Devitt double stop and a bloody Sunday attempt. Phoenix with a jumping rolling soul to rolling cutter to the fire thunder driver to end it. For match number five, Boogie Down Louis Valley versus two contract Brandon Cutler. It was all dragon, dragon, pump the dragon. Cutler with a TPK for the win. Match number six, we got Miguel's new favorite, Pretty Peter Avalon versus Archangel Fashion. Shouts to Wait Barrett as Pretty lands the world's worst finisher, Wasteland, into a whiffed moonsault, but Pretty lands martinis to go over. Mar- match number five, Kylan King and Tesha Price versus Christmas Time. Ivelisse and Diamante. Diamante repping Los Cubanos with Cuban links to Billy and the Gun Club. Just like Austin's Dynamite debut, the quick draw to Verna seals the deal. Can I get an intermission? Match number 9 sees Vipress versus AEW's very own Z-Warrior Shauna. Shauna with a fairy tale ending to end it. Match number 10. 
Baron Black versus the keeper of the SSP, Matt Seidel. Seidel, as stunning as always, closes it out with a lightning spiral. For match number 11, the real catch, Ashley Box versus Thunder Rosa. Michinoku driver by Rosa to get the W. 12th match, Lee Johnson and O-Captain, my captain, Sean Dean versus Yo MTV's The Acclaimed. Shouts to good brothers. Give me a two sweet ski as Acclaimed land a magic killer to Lee for the win. Match lucky number 13 has Sammy's block star Fuego Del Sol versus Danny Limelight. And what an ending by Limelight as he gives Fuego an avalanche Spanish fly power slam. 14th match, TH2's Angelico versus who the fuck is Griff Garrison versus Darius Martin versus SCU's Frankie Kazarian with a tag partner in every corner. Kaz with a scorpion death drop to Griff FTW. 15th match, Turkish oil specialist Michael Nakazawa versus SG Sammy Guevara. Naka with ultimate venom arm with into the GGH by Sammy for the win. 16 match and the main event of the evening we have Serpentico versus Allen Five Angels. An emotional five gets to close out the night with a wing snapper to Serpentico. Closing promo by Dark Order's Negative One owns Luther's for some reason with the mic. Mr. Brody Lee, that one was for you. Okay, there we have it. Oh, that was all. That was a lot of lot to take in. It was. Um, <laughs> like I said, uh, a lot of results, a, a lot of matches, and yeah, I can confidently say that was our best breakdown ever. Yeah, I mean, what I like about this is that the this dark show, at least I know in particular, had as much matches if not more than a stacked wrestlemania card <laughs> yeah i know what was this uh <laughs> wrestle kingdom with all the matches anyways uh you know we joke a, a lot of these matches yeah there are a lot but a bunch of them are kind of some squashes yeah and very especially yeah. i mean especially this card Probably like man. a third of them were like you know real like you know slobber knocker entertainers yeah um i'm not sure if we're quite ready to introduce it introduce this idea to um, these first episodes I think maybe we'll start with um, episode uh, 71 potentially episode 2 technically of the AEW Dark Breakdown but yeah I want to um, talk about uh, I mean that, <laughs> like that, that that music Jungle Boy new music yeah what, the was, um, yeah what was the name of the song that they bought the rights to tarzan boy yeah okay, so as i mentioned right. as i did that quick little jab in uh, not jab that quick little comment in the breakdown um tony khan actually bought the rights to that song tarzan boy That's just insane. for jungle boy as a little christmas present basically jungle boy retweeted thank you so uh merry christmas jungle boy. yeah merry christmas indeed to all our good friends at jurassic express Anyways, uh, yeah, the Nyla Al, uh, Alex Gracia match. I mean, that ended quick. Yeah, it was kind of it was a squash. Nyla Rose dominated. I, think I been, like, break bitches. Right yeah. So I, I want to kind of extend on this. Um, there was a promo that uh, Negative One Brody Lee Jr. did yep. with 
uh, Marco. And, you know, I just think it's really great that A.W. Dark is, you know, showing some love to um, the uh, John Huber family. You know, uh, this is right after the tribute show. Yeah. Of that they did for Mr. Brody Lee. And it's it's so cool. It, it warms my heart to see Negative One just having fun yeah, in the no, ring. It's, I'm, I'm a bit impressed, too, considering uh, the tragedy he just went through. And he's, um, you know, he's still a little kid. How old is he, like 11? Yeah, like, sometimes you can't really understand. I know when we were younger, we, we lost our, our grandmother. And, you know, I, were we, like... We definitely weren't as affected as, you know, losing someone now when we're adults. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, it affected us, but we were still little kids, and we uh, maybe we, that was, in, at least in, in my view, that was the first person, a big person in our lives, right, someone yeah. that helped raise us that we lost, first person that we lost, and um, sometimes, you know, uh, kids can't um, completely understand that. I know it's different, different uh Situation, right? It's a it's a parent rather than a grandparent. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's not. Yeah, I wasn't implying that he didn't understand. No, I no, just, I didn't. I was I just didn't. I was just saying that. Um, yeah, no, like uh, I thought maybe he does, and like he's still pretty heartbroken about it. And in spite of all that, he's still showing up and putting on a great show, especially for a kid. Obviously, his promos aren't like you know top notch. You know, they're as good as like you know you expect, and he was entertaining. That's and that's what we could. That's what we asked for. All the wrestlers at the end of the day. This though. might be a no dumb moment, but like, he sounds like such a little kid. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sometimes maybe little kids can have like a deeper voice than you would think or whatnot. But man, that's like <laughs> Brody Lee should Brody Lee Jr. should maybe look into some uh, uh, voice acting roles because yeah. he has that perfect he had like that perfect little kid voice. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything stand out to you in this episode, Miguel? Uh, so I believe in this episode was this the one where uh, I think Pac showed up? No, no, no. Sorry, no. That was uh, that was the next. Oh no. So pretty Peter Avalon. This is the <laughs> first time I've ever uh, was introduced to him. And at first, well, first of all, I don't think he should be calling himself pretty because I don't think he looks like that at all. Um, he looks goofy rather. And then I, I just the thing what I was struck a chord to me at least was. Uh, it's his character. He's just like kind of like goofy. I don't know if that's what he's trying to go for, but he's just goofy. Like you know, a little. He's like got this subtle snob, like attitude to him, and he you know he like just thinks everything's beneath him, and of course for him the most important thing is looks. So it's like uh, I mean we're gonna get into this later, like in in a later, uh, dark episode where he challenges someone to like a uh, uh, like cosmetic mat, like basically like um. A pretty match, like a you know, we're again have judges base, judge their looks, but we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about that in another podcast, uh, I mean, another episode of this. Uh, and but besides him, Bear Country was one that was you know a little unique. Um, I thought it was rather peculiar or unique that they were teaming up with Mike Verna, who dubbed himself the Man of Steel. I mean, he didn't really seem like he was, you know, they really belonged in the tag team. <laughs> it was random. Um, but against, yeah, they ended up fighting the Billy Gunn and his boys, so the Gun Club. Uh, that I like that match a lot because like I, never, I didn't even know Billy Gunn had a second, another son. Uh, <laughs> he was a Colton, right? Yeah, the, that's the taller one. And then uh, Austin was the one that's more over, like more. He's more more people are familiar with him. And I was very happy to see Matt Seidel there because I hadn't seen him in a while. Because the thing is, I have like issues in my cable right now, so I haven't been able to watch AEW Dynamite these past few weeks. So. 
uh, when Matt Seidel does make an appearance there. Like, uh, unfortunately, like this past like month or so, I've, I've missed it. So I was really happy to see him here and win his match. I believe he beat what was it? He beat oh, yeah, he, oh yeah, he beat uh, Baron Black. He just kind of owned that, and I believe he did like some sort of like mariposa, right? Sensational mariposa. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that what he calls his uh, shooting star press? No, um, his. Yeah, I th- um, you're talking about Matt Seidel's, right? Yes. Yeah. No, he calls it the Seidel Star Press, I think. Oh, okay. I believe. Yeah, he yes. adds his name to it. Okay. Uh, maybe I can fact check myself at a later episode. Um, for me, I wanted to talk about something interesting. Uh, this is the first time we see... Uh, uh, set, well, me and myself, me and Miguel see uh, Serpentico and Luther, and I just want to tease a little bit that I'm very interested in their tag team dynamic. I'm not sure. Usually, I see something like that with like a, a really big guy and like just a tiny guy in you know other promotions, but uh, I'll dig into that later because that wasn't a, a tag team match that they were in. But uh, I'm I'm a little eager to talk about that. And I wanted to get into. I wanted to introduce to this show um, two quick little segments: uh, "Spot of the Night" and "Line of the Night." But and the "Spot of the Night" would be the or top spots. I think I'll call it top spots. What do you think? Yeah, I oh, agree. Uh, the, oh yeah. So we'll have one segment called "Top Spots," where we'll talk about our favorite spots of the night, right? What we think is the best one, and if we just completely agree on one, then we'll talk. We'll try to give some of these guys some love, right? Because you know, we see some very impressive uh, matches. I was kind of joking with Miguel that, yeah, maybe some of, if not every single match on the card, I can predict who's going to go over, right? Who's going to take the W, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't a good match. It doesn't mean that some of these people that aren't potentially signed to AEW contracts, right? Kayfabe, or I mean, Shutsky, uh, they can't impress and uh, no, work, certainly their, can. Work, they, work their way up. Right. So, yeah, we want to show some of them some love, too. And some of the AEW regulars that just aren't getting that uh, dynamite love, you know? So yeah. I think this is the perfect place to do that. Good way for them to shine and build up their records. Okay, so I want to ask you, don't mean to put you on the spot, yeah. but do you have a top spot for us, Miguel, for episode 69 of AEW Dark? For me, it was when Mike Nakazawa and Sammy Guevara oh. were fighting. <laughs> and Mike Nakazawa tried to... Well, firstly, he did... This wasn't the... Um, what do you call it? The the, the spot? Uh, yeah, a top spot. Top spot. This, this wasn't the top spot. I mean, this match was, but like this move I'm about to mention where he nipple twists Sammy. <laughs> cool. Imagine if a nipple twist is our top spot of the night. Hey, it could happen. And then uh, I don't remember that a move that he his finishing move, what it's called, but what I the way I remember is that he tries to choke Sammy with his underwear. But he but like he like hooks it and like you know he wraps his his underwear panties like around his hand and his elbow so it's like he, it ha- it's like positioned in, in like a hook position it's his called, arm according to Skivone himself it is called the ultimate venom arm right yeah so that was my top spot when he tried to do that to Sammy <laughs> the whiff of the ultimate venom arm is Miguel's top spot you know what. Mad respect to you, Miguel. Yeah, if for this episode at least. Uh, and when he tried to do the same, and Sammy countered it through, he rushed, he did a rush, he um, 
Irish whipped him across the, the ropes, and then you still see him with his arm in that position, and then he gets nailed with a GGH by Sammy, and then Sammy wins. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm so glad that that's your top spot, Miguel, because uh, I was the other day I was just re-watching on, an, uh, on YouTube an episode of Dynamite. Not the whole episode, but just uh, one match, and it was the best friends against... Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa and that was just uh, such a funny match I've seen a lot of hate on the internet for stuff like that but I just think it's hilarious I think it's so funny I just think that wrestling sometimes shouldn't take itself so seriously not all the time right I don't want it to be just a complete you know them joking through everything I want some you know, high stakes yeah, at times, I, I right? right? But I just think it's funny that uh, someone as high caliber as Kenny Omega can, and he's mentioned this before, can take himself out of that best bout machine mode and go into kind of comedy act mode in in such a comedy act mode in such a uh, fast pace, such a such a um, funny way, you yeah. know. And I think that. Uh, those moves like the hentai slide and the uh, ultimate venom arm and uh, just uh, Excalibur mentioning that he's uh, an expert at Turkish oil wrestling stuff like that just makes makes it so funny to me and I can find joy out of you know these uh, shows. Yeah, uh, going more off more of joy, you know that Turkish oil. I think he used baby oil, uh, and he just uh, he just uh, tossed a bunch of it. Like squirted a bunch of it in front of Sammy, and then Sammy slipped. Yeah, so <laughs> come on, I just like that man. It's just you know, not everyone can be Kurt Angle and The Rock and Stone Cold, right? It's just it's just some one spot in the night that we can all laugh. <laughs> I certainly was. So uh, my top spot of the night has to go to. Uh, Inside in the match between Fuego del Sol and Danny Limelight, uh, I've heard of Fuego del Sol before. Danny Limelight, unfortunately, I haven't. But when Danny Limelight and Fuego del Sol are on the top rope, Danny Limelight gives Fuego del Sol this what I called a Spanish fly power slam. Yeah, that was insane. And I just, I just. I just love things that we don't see usually yeah. in wrestling. When it comes to moves, uh, I guess when it comes to anything, really, uh, I like even if it's uh, a knee to the face, right? Yeah. Just um, the way you do it gives you so much character. I like to tell my friends, I like to tell Miguel that uh, one mm-hmm. thing I love about the in-ring work of wrestling, I, I think you're a really cool and good wrestler if... I put you in a video game, yeah. and you. I don't, and I don't um, do artwork for you at all. I just right. wireframe yeah. you, mm-hmm. and just by the the look of any of your moves, I can tell who you are. I don't have to <laughs> yeah. see the big beard of you. I don't have to see your long hair. I don't have to see your tights. I don't have to see your cool jacket. Mm-hmm. You know your um, crazy haircut. You know your um, tassels or something. I know that that's you by just this movement that you have, this this move that you have, this 
um, taunts that you give out. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that that's a huge thing in wrestling for me. So, uh, yeah, just that big spot. It was a big spot. It was a top spot. And it was something that I've, I've probably seen maybe once or twice. But if I've only seen once or twice, that's still pretty damn new, you know? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Pretty darn refreshing. So uh, normally I think we would go to uh, line of the night, but I'm not sure if I did uh, anyone justice. Um, do you have uh, any line, any promo? I think this is catered more towards the commentary table, but maybe if... I think we'll give an honorary, uh, you know, the uh, line of the night to negative one. Yeah. Brody Lee Jr. Yeah. We want to give you some love. We want to give um, the, you know, Mr. Brody Lee's family some love. And just thank you. Thank you for everything that you've given us. Yep. And um, I think there's uh, no better way to uh, end this episode. What do you think, Miguel? I agree. Uh, for... I mean, he wasn't in AW for that long, at least at least for me. He wasn't in there for that long. What was it, like a year? Something like that? Yeah. A little over a year, so. And he made a big name for himself in AW. I, I felt, I mean, honestly, his time in AW, I'd forgotten that he was Luke Harper once, the former henchman of Bray Wyatt. Which so, was great. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, he really did a good job at establishing a dark order and bringing its members together and giving them their unique, I guess their... Uh, strange names like but you know negative you know 199 and you know just those other guys i forget their names <laughs> exactly yeah i mean he, he gave some of those people uh their names their nicknames yeah. and stuff i didn't realize i believe it was him who gave uh sarah J, the only female member of the dark order as of now uh the moniker the queen slayer and her number on the team 99 yeah exactly so very cool I learned that personally from Talk is Jericho, so yep. thank you to uh, that great podcast. I love yeah, Jericho. That was awesome. And um, yeah, anyways, um, that does it for us for this first episode, our first outing in covering AEW Dark. Thanks for listening. We're your host, I'm Miguel. And I'm Lawrence. Peace. Lucha! Lucha!